they've been married for 30 years. He's a pioneer of Catholic lay evangelization, and she has a master's degree in theology. Put on the coffee and get ready to open the scriptures. It's time for Bible with the Barbers. Now, here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome, welcome to Bible with the Barbers on this Friday, the 29th day of September. Tomorrow's the end of September. October's coming quickly. So um, it's noon. We want to begin with the Angelus in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived by the Holy Spirit. Now Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done to me according to thy word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, O most holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray, pour forth, we beseech you, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection. Through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Come, O Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of the faithful and enkindle in them the fire of thy love. Send forth thy spirit, and they shall be created, and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, grant that in the same spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation. Through Christ our Lord, amen. Sanctus, 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 Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Plenissim Celi et Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis. Benedictus qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, we have a special feast day in the Catholic Church today. We celebrate the feast of the archangels, Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael. So, the three angels, the archangels, they had special missions from God. They are all in the scriptures. And, um... We can learn who they are and what their mission is from what God had them do, what he sent them to do. Um, we have St. Michael. Michael, what does Michael mean? What's interesting is the, the L on the end of his word means God. It's the, it's the beginning of the word Elohim. So it's, and, and the first part of his word, Michael, means who is like. So Michael's name means who is like God. Well, where does he get this name? Well, today's first reading is from the book of Revelation, Revelation 12, 7 through 12. War broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels battled against the dragon. The dragon and its angels fought back, but they did not prevail. 
and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. The huge dragon, the ancient serpent, who is called the devil, and Satan, who deceived the whole world, was thrown down to earth, and its angels were thrown down with it. And then you have the triumphant voice in heaven that says, Now have salvation and power come, the kingdom of our God and the authority of his anointed. For the accuser of our brothers is cast out, who accuses them before God day and night. They conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Love for life did not deter them from death. So rejoice, you heavens, and you that dwell therein. So God had prepared heaven. He had prepared a place for the angels. And there is a trial for the angels. And it's hinted at in the beginning of Genesis. In the beginning, it says God created the heavens and the earth. And um, it says that the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. And evening came and morning one day. What's interesting is the heavenly lights are not created until, was it the third day or the fourth day? Um, we have... Um, when God creates, yeah, <laughs> and when he creates the sun, the moon, and the stars, that doesn't happen until the fourth day. So what is this light that he creates in the beginning? And the fathers of the church um, have taught us that that light was the angels. But before they could go into heaven, they had knowledge of God, but just like us, they hadn't seen God face to face. All the angels that God created were good, and God created only good. You know, people ask that question, well, why did God create the devil? Well, God made Lucifer, the light bearer, he was the highest of all the angels. He was the bearer of the light. And, and Lucifer rebels against God. So it's not that God made the devil. He didn't make him a devil. He made an angel who had a great, great power above all the angels and the power to communicate a little of something of himself to all the angels. But when he was given a trial, will you serve man? Will you serve a creature less than yourself? The incarnation, many of the fathers of the church believed he was shown a vision of the incarnation, that they were, the angels were shown that God would become man and that the angels, they would no longer want, they would no longer produce their image because when the angels communicate to a lower creature, um, and even to a lesser angel, they communicate something of themselves so they can communicate. Some, but they were shown that when man, they wouldn't communicate something of themselves to man. It wasn't them, the angels that were going to be communicated. It was the son of God made man and that they would be serving a creature less than themselves because God was going to become man. And Satan was cut to the quick and said, I will not serve. And that's when Michael, the battle cry of Michael is who is like God? How would I dare challenge God and say that I have a better plan? Who is like God? Obviously, the answer is no one is like God. God knows what is best. God is the creator of all. He knows. And so there was no longer a place found for Satan and his angels when they rebelled against God. In other words, God had prepared a place for them in heaven. But no, once they sinned, they could not enter heaven. 
ever. Remember, when an angel makes a choice, angels are persons, they're angelic persons, and they don't have a body. And so when they make a choice, they know through and through the consequences of that choice, the meaning of that choice. They know, they know exactly what they're doing. So the angels who rebelled against God knew that they would know eternal frustration, that they would never have any happiness at all if they rebelled against God, that they would always be miserable and they would not be able to love. But they were so cut to the quick by the idea of humbling themselves that they refused and they rebelled against God and they lost the place that God had prepared for them in heaven. So there was no longer a place for them in heaven. And Michael, and it's interesting because, you know, there were different fathers of the church who had different views about Michael's place in the hierarchy of the angels, but he's called an archangel. This is what we know him as an archangel. And the archangels, there are nine choirs of angels. We have the, the seraphim and the cherubim, the thrones and the dominions or dominations, the principalities, the powers, the virtues, the archangels, and the angels. And wouldn't it be just like God to raise up from the second lowest choir of angels, the archangels, a prince, Michael, who would challenge the pride of Lucifer with his humility. He's little. He's like David against Goliath, literally. Yeah, an angel is an angel, but you know the angels have different status and they have different powers and different. And so he, he challenges the highest of the angels when that angel rebelled against God and he leads the heavenly choirs in battle. All the other two thirds of the angels fought against Lucifer and his rebellion and all the angels that rebelled. And apparently it was about a third of the angels because it says that Satan, the dragon, that's Revelation 12. You can read all of the chapter, Revelation 12, where this huge dragon appears in the sky and his tail sweeps a third of the stars from the sky. The stars represent the angels. And so apparently he took a third of the angels with him. But how sad. He will never know any happiness. He will never know love because he has rejected it out of pride. So let us try and humble ourselves before God and follow the example of Michael who says, no, who is like God? So, um, you know, his, his, he, he cried out the battle cry for the good angels to fight against um, the enemy, the enemy, of, by the way, of all men, the enemy of all goodness, Satan. He, he rebelled against God. This is terrible. Now, that's his, his name appears four times in scriptures. We have him in Daniel 10, 13. We have him in Daniel 12. And then uh, the Catholic epistle to Jude, the epistle of St. Jude, says that Michael was disputing with the devil and he contended about the body of Moses. And um, they don't give me that exact reference, but St. Jude's letter is not that long. So maybe during the break, I can find that and I can read that to you. Um, and I thank you for joining us on Bible with the Barbers. And I want you to make sure you share with your family and friends that we have a Bible study on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You're all welcome to join us. Please share the app with your, with your family, friends, church members, the people you work with, your neighbors, and let them know. Listen to and support Virgin Most Powerful Radio and uh, listen to Bible with the Barbers. We'll be right back. 
Now back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome back to Bible with the Barbers. We're talking today about the archangels, Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael. And we started with Michael, um, who is like God, his name means, because that was the battle cry. When Satan rebelled, when Lucifer, Satan, who became the devil, rebelled against God, and the, the angels that went with him rebelled against God, Michael cried out, who is like God? And he led the angels in battle, the heavenly angels in battle against Lucifer and his angels. So we were talking about the letter of Jude, whereas um, we have another, Michael was mentioned in Revelation 12, where it talks about that great battle in heaven. And then we have in Jude chapter one, verse eight, uh, we have, but when the archangel Michael contending with the devil disputed about the body of Moses, he says, he, he did not presume to pronounce a reviling judgment upon him, but said, the Lord rebuke you. And again, the example of Michael, the humility, he's not doing this. He's not saying, I'm so strong. I'm going to drive these bad guys out so they can't get into heaven. He's saying, the Lord rebuke you. Who is like God? Why would you rebel against God? (laughs) So Humility, humility is the answer, is his answer. He's humble, he's small, he's not a great big angel, and yet he stands against, like David, up against Goliath. What did David say to Goliath? I come at you in the name of the Lord of hosts, whom you have defiled this day. And again, Michael says, the Lord rebuke you. This is in the letter of Jude. It's in the first letter of Jude. Um, Look at uh, verses nine, verse nine, actually. Yeah, verse nine. So the Lord rebuke you. And again, it's not, Michael's not standing on his own power, his own strength, his own knowledge, his own, even his own love of God. He's standing on, he's calling on the Lord. The Lord rebuke you. This is what Adam was supposed to do in 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 the garden when the serpent tempted Eve, he was supposed to say, the Lord rebuke you. Adam didn't do it. He failed. So we all live with that <laughs> concupiscence. So we have Michael. And Michael is also mentioned in the book of Daniel. And, you know, it's interesting. If we do not read scripture from the heart of the church, if we don't have an interpreter for scripture, we can get some very confused ideas about what things mean in scripture. Scripture is God's holy word. That's one of the reasons why I try and pray the prayer to the Holy Spirit whenever we um, do scripture, whenever I do this Bible study, because the Holy Spirit is the primary author of scripture. And he is the one who gives us the proper interpretation. And he gives to his church, God gives to his church through the power of the Holy Spirit, this power to give us the correct interpretation of scripture which again is why we look at the footnotes of the church. What does the church say? What did the fathers of the church say about these passages in scripture? And not, you know, not every passage, the church hasn't gone through the whole scripture and said, well, this is definitely what this means. And this is definitely what they, no, she doesn't, but, but she gives us the guidelines for understanding sacred scripture. And of course we have 
the guidelines, first of all, the literal historical context is the first context, and we have to understand that. That's why we need biblical scholars to study the literal historical context and the original languages. And then you have the um, you have the alleg the um, the allegorical sense and the and I'm forgetting them now. <laughs> there's there, you have you have that literal sense of scripture. And then you have like the, the spiritual senses of scripture, allegorically, and um, how does it apply to Christ? And how does it apply morally? How does it apply morally to our life? And how does it apply to the future, to the heaven, to our destiny, which is heaven? Are, are we aware that our destiny is heaven? That we weren't made for a finality here on this earth? That we weren't made to live on this earth forever? So Michael is mentioned also in Daniel 10, 13. And in Daniel 10, 13, we have Gabriel is speaking. The angel Gabriel is speaking to Holy Daniel. And he tells him, he says, um, 10, 13. I'm trying to find chapter, verse 13 here, sir. Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your mind to understand and humble yourself before God, your words have been heard. And I have come to... And I have come because of your words. Daniel made a prayer to God. He wanted to understand um, what was going on and, and all the confusion of the time and this vision he had seen. And, and so Gabriel is sent to tell him. And Daniel prays. And, and this is now, this is the 21st day, okay? So Gabriel shows up on the 21st day. But he says, now, what, what delayed him? The prince of the king of Persia withstood me 21 days. But Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. So I left him there with the prince of the kingdom of Persia and came to make you understand what is to befall your people in the latter days. So Michael is mentioned there as he comes because another a demon, apparently, holds Gabriel up. Gabriel is supposed to bring an answer to, to Daniel, to his prayer, and, and explain to him this mystery. And uh, he gets held up by a demon. So Michael comes and frees Gabriel. So Gabriel doesn't have to do battle with the demon. Gabriel can go and tell Daniel what it is that Daniel was praying about. And then again in um, Daniel 12, we have um, the angels speaking of the end of the world and the Antichrist. And at that time shall Michael rise up, the great prince, who standeth for the children of my people. Now, this isn't referring to um, Michael here is Michael the archangel. It's not referring to the Savior. It's not referring to the Messiah. Remember, in the book of Hebrews, it says, um, to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son, this day I have begotten you. Jesus Christ was the second person of the blessed Trinity become man. Jesus Christ was the name of his human nature. Jesus was his name. Jesus means God saves. Christ, he's Christ. He's the anointed one. And his human nature is united to the divinity. This is a great mystery in our Catholic faith. It's a great mystery of the Christian faith. But this is Christianity. Anyone who's truly Christian believes that the Son of God became man, that God is a trinity of persons. He's not a solitude unto himself. He's a trinity of persons. He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
in the beginning, even in Genesis, it says, let us make man in our own likeness. You know, God said, let us make man in our own likeness. So, and there are other places in the, in the Old Testament where God speaks of himself in the plural. When, when the angel, when the angels go to Sodom and Gomorrah to destroy them, you have two of the angels go down to Sodom and Gomorrah to see if it's really as bad as God had heard, like as if God didn't know, he knows. And one of them stays. One of the pe- people who came to Abraham stays with Abraham. And he tells, and then, and then he has a conversation with himself. Should, should we reveal to our servant Moses what we plan to do? This is God. Trinity of persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit standing before Moses. And they t- he tells them, we're going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Their, their, their wickedness is so bad, they're gone. And Moses and Moses said, well, what if you find 45 good people? What, 50, 45, 30, 20. And finally, he says, what if you only find 10? Moses haggles with God. He tries to bargain with God for Sodom and Gomorrah. And God said, okay, if we can find, if we can find 10 good people. And then when he goes to Sodom, when this, when this character, this person leaves Moses, Abraham, leaves Abraham and goes to Sodom, it says when he comes to the, when they get the other two angels have to grab Lot and his wife and his daughters by the hand and drag them out of Sodom and drag them to, you know, cross the plains practically to get them going. And it says that the Lord rained down from the Lord in heaven. Are there two Lords? No, there's only one Lord, but there are three divine persons in the one Lord. There are three distinct persons. So the angel Michael, who is like God? So then we have the angel Gabriel. And what about Gabriel? Well, what is his? And I love this because what I did here is uh, their names. What does their name mean? Well, the angel Gabriel means um, fortitudo dei, the strength of God. Gabriel is the strength of God. And where does Gabriel appear? Well, what's interesting, because we already know he appears in the book of Daniel. When Daniel is praying and asking for answers, Gabriel is sent to give him answers. Okay. And then where else does he appear? Well, in the New Testament, he appears. Oh, the angel, the angel Gabriel. First to Zechariah in the beginning of the, the gospel of Luke to tell Zechariah that his wife Elizabeth is going to have a child. And then to the Blessed Virgin Mary, right? Um, Zechariah is serving as a priest. And, and, um, and he's there and um, the angel comes to him. And Zechariah doesn't believe the angel. He doesn't believe that, the, that Elizabeth, she's, you know, is Elizabeth old and I'm old? How can we possibly have a child, right? Um, and he says, I am Gabriel who stand in the presence of God. And I was sent to speak to you. <laughs> he doubts. Zechariah doubted. And so he's struck dumb. He was struck dumb until all these things would come to pass. And then you have in, that was in Luke 1. And then you have in Luke 2, you have the Blessed Virgin Mary. Where um, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel, wait a minute. Luke 1, this is still Luke 1. It's Luke 1, 26, verse 26. After the annunciation to Zechariah, then you have in the sixth month, referring to Elizabeth's pregnancy, in the six months of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the angel Gabriel was sent 
from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came and he said to her, Hail, full of grace. So the angel, he's given this message from God. He is the angel of the incarnation, which by the way, in the Legion of Mary, this is just an aside, in the Legion of Mary, we were encouraged to pray to the angel Gabriel for the conversion of the Muslims because Muhammad claimed that it was Gabriel who revealed to him that God has no sons. Well, that's interesting because it's the angel Gabriel who revealed to the Blessed Mother that she would be the mother of God because God's son would become incarnate in her womb. The strength of God. What is this? the strength of God? To be able to take on, to be able to humble himself and take on our human nature. It's not weakness. It appears weakness to us. But in, in weakness, remember what Paul learned? In, in, in weakness is God's power brought to perfection. Because in weakness do we learn that God is the one who does this. God is the one who saves. God is the one who brings salvation. And that music is here again. So again, please have your family and friends join us on this Bible with the Barbers here on Friday. And um, get all of them to download that app. You know, have everybody download that app. And thank you for those who support us. We'll be back with more about the art don't go away and ask your friends to join us. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome. Welcome back to Bible with the Barbers on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. On Friday, September 29th, the Feast of the Archangels, Michael Gabriel and Raphael. Please pray for us. So, as we said, St. Gabriel is the messenger of the incarnation. He is the one who reveals. He's the angel who is sent by God to the Virgin Mary to reveal that God will become man. So, I had mentioned before the break that in the Legion of Mary, in the Legion of Mary handbook, Frank Duff mentions this, and he says, you know, he didn't mention that. He says, pray to St. Gabriel for the conversion of the Muslims because Muhammad claimed that Gabriel is the one who reveals to him that God has no sons. Well, that's interesting because Gabriel is the very one whom God sent to reveal that God does have a son and his son is going to become man. Will, the, will Mary accept to be the mother of God? So, um, we, but we pray because, you know, we can be deceived so we have to pray for clarity. We have to pray for the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. We have to pray for the guidance of the church and follow the guidance of the church. You know, we have, remember, God, Jesus did give to his church a sacred deposit of truth. It's the truth that he came to reveal. And the scriptures are part of that. And it is the church who gave us the scriptures. The church is the one who gave us the canon of scripture. And, um, we cannot fully understand the scripture without the footnotes of the church. And that was, I've mentioned this before, again, the catechism of the Catholic church. Um, even Father Glenn Botton, who's, who used to be the pastor here at uh, Our Lady of Grace, we have a new pastor now, Father Nathan Davis, but Father Glenn is at a, past, uh, is a parish closer to his home in Irvine. He's still a pastor. But he, he mentioned that 
before he was Catholic, as a Protestant, he was using the catechism of the Catholic Church to prepare his sermons and to comment on Scripture because the commentary on Scripture in this, in this catechism is so profound. It is so beautiful. I, one of our app listeners, just as an aside, had asked, what is the difference between um, the Baltimore Catechism and this? Well, number one, it's the size. But number two, this catechism is divided up. It begins with the creed, okay? And so you have the profession of faith is the first part of the catechism, all right? So you have the profession of faith, that's part one. And then you have, and it goes through the whole creed and explains it. And then part two is the celebration of the Christian mysteries. So it goes through the sacramental economy and the paschal mysteries. And it talks about in detail this. Now, it's not everything. It's not exhaustive. It's not extensive. But it's a good starting place. And then you have part three, life in Christ, man's vocation, life in the spirit. And the dignity of the human person. So you, you, that goes through, and, and it goes, you know, the morality and moral conscience and the virtues and sin and all of that. And part four is Christian prayer. And why is prayer so important? Because we are called to be in relationship with God, and prayer is a conversation with one who loves us. In relationship, we are called to fall in love with God because God is in love with us. He desires us. He delights in us. He loves us. He even likes us. He doesn't like our sin, and he wants us to give up sin, so he's going to give us the courage to do that. So I mention that because the Catechism is a beautiful commentary on the Scriptures. We're talking today specifically about St. Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael because today is their feast day. So St. Gabriel is that angel of the Incarnation, that angel that brings the message that God has a son. You will conceive in your womb and bear a son, he tells Mary. Great will be his dignity, and the Lord God will, be, will give him the throne of David, his father. Great will be his dignity, and he will be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father, and he will reign over Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. His is the kingdom. The kingdom of Jesus Christ is the kingdom that lasts forever. Now, Jesus came preaching the kingdom, and the church is the kingdom of God on earth. But we're looking forward to the kingdom of God in heaven. We're not looking for a finality in this world. We're not looking to remain in this world forever. We want to get to heaven. We want to be with God. As Paul said in his letter, you know, I long to be away from the body and at home with Christ. But for me to remain is productive toil for you, and I don't know which to prefer, so I leave it in God's hands. So we want to be at home with God in heaven. But at the same time, we want to be here on earth to work for the building of the kingdom of God, that more and more people can come to know, love, and serve the Lord our God and, and fall in love with him. And prayer is that entering into conversation, where, and we're supposed to listen in conversation. We're not just supposed to talk. So we're, yeah, we say some things, but we're supposed to listen to God. How do we listen? Well, read the scriptures. This is God speaking. It's his holy word. Be silent before him and just allow him to speak to your heart about how much he loves you, how much he cares for you, his plans for you. As the prophet said, I, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, the plans for a future and a hope, not for disaster, not for destruction. God desires our good because God is good. So we have this great archangel Gabriel all right, and he is um, the strength of God. 
He is the strength of God. And in the Old Testament, he appears in Daniel 8, where he explains the vision of the horned ram um, to Daniel. And then in chapter 9, which we talked about already, where after Daniel had prayed um, for Israel, and then Gabriel comes after 21 days. <laughs> he got a little delayed there. And in chapter 10, um, again, there's an angel that comes <clears throat> to, to Daniel. Okay, and then we have... Uh, the New Testament, of course, Zachary and Mary, Blessed Mother Mary. So Zachary is told about the birth of John the Baptist, and Mary is told about the birth of Jesus. So Gabriel brings these messages to God, from God. He's a messenger. And, of course, all the angels are messengers. Michael's a messenger. But Michael's a messenger. of He's, he's the one who leads the battle. And, by the way, he's the protector. We're, we're supposed to call on him to protect us. He's the, uh, considered the protector of Holy Church, okay? The, Michael's um, offices are to fight against Satan, to rescue the souls of the faithful from the power of the enemy, um, to be the champion of God's people, the Jews in the Old Testament, the Christians in the New Testament. And he's the patron of church, the church, um, the patron of the church. Michael is the defender of the church. And then he's also the one who calls from earth to bring men's souls to judgment, okay? And then we have um, another archangel, St. Raphael. And Raphael, and I'm pretty sure I've talked about Raphael before when I talked about the book of Tobit. It's such a beautiful book. I love the book of Tobit. In the Old Testament, read it. Read, it's such, it, it, it shows you how the angel works in your life. It's so beautiful. So the angel Raphael means God has healed. Raphael means God has healed. And it's interesting because in the book of Tobit, Raphael, you know, the, the story, Tobit has become blind because he slept outside and the bird, do got, the bird dung got in his eyes and it caused cataracts. Um, there's a woman, um, Sarah. She's actually the daughter of a relative of Tobit. And Tobit has a son named Tobias. And so Sarah has been married seven times. And every time on her wedding night, a demon comes and strangles her husband. So she had thought of killing herself, but then she thought of her father and how this would bring such humiliation on her father in his old age and such sorrow. So she doesn't. She does. Tobit asks for death because of his blindness and his wife had reviled him. He had, his wife had, because he was blind, his wife had to go out to work. And so somebody had paid her and they had given her a goat as a bonus. And when the boat comes, goat comes into Tobit's house, it starts to bleat. And so Tobit thinks she stole it and she tells him to return it. You know, he, he tells her, his wife to return it. And she says, oh, where are all your good needs now? Now you're calling me a thief. And I didn't, th I've been working my, my bones, you know, my fingers to the bones because you're blind and you can't take care of us. So I have to, and now you're calling me a thief. And, um, and so she, Tobit is very sad and he prays for death. And, and then at the same time, Rachel has been reviled by one of her servant girls and she prays for death because she, she, she's not, she was going to think she was thinking of killing herself, but she said, no, I won't do that. And instead of them both dying, God sends the angel Raphael to heal them both. Now their ailments are quite different. Tobit is blind. Sarah is obsessed, what you call obsessed or um, 
by a demon. The demon doesn't possess her, but he's torturing her. Every time she gets married, the demon comes and kills her husband. It's like, oh, brother. So Raphael is sent to heal them both. Okay. And when Raphael comes, um, Tobias is, Tobit tells his son Tobias to go out and find a worthy man to take him on this journey to go. Tobit had at one point loaned some money to one of the, his relatives who lived uh, um, in Midia, I think. Anyway, anyway, they, he, go, he goes out to find someone and he finds this man and the man says his name is Brother Azariah. And Azariah says he's a relative. And Azariah, well, was the angel lying? Because he's, he's, he's Raphael, the archangel, appearing as a man. No, because Azariah means God's help. It means that God has helped. So he, he, God's helping you. <laughs> God's going to help you. I'm Azariah. I'm the help of God. So yeah, he doesn't have to reveal that he's the archangel Raphael. Not yet. He will at the end of the book. Spoiler alert. But read the book. It's really awesome. So... We have, we have here St. Raphael, and he comes and he heals Tobias. And remember, for, for us Catholics, because Jesus quoted from the Septuagint, the, the Catholic Church from the beginning, the Christian Church from the beginning, accepted the Septuagint as Scripture, accepted the Septuagint as inspired by God. So the Catholic Church has always accepted the Septuagint. So we accept those supposedly apocryphal books that are only in the Septuagint and aren't in the Hebrew scriptures because the early church always accepted them and because Jesus quoted from them. So there's that music again. We're um, coming up. I think this is our last section of the show today, but I've been enjoying talking about the Archangel. I hope you've been enjoying listening and learning about them. And I hope you'll read from the scriptures, these passages that I've talked about and don't go away. We'll be back with more, the last section in a few minutes. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome, welcome back to Bible with the Barbers. So we've been talking here today about the archangels, Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael, because today is their feast day. This is the 29th day of September. By the way, we celebrate the feast of the guardian angels on October 2nd. So just three days from now, we get to celebrate our guardian angels. So now we've talked about Michael, we've talked about Gabriel, and we're talking about Raphael. And Raphael, the place where he appears in scripture where he's specifically named is in the book of Tobit. And Tobit is, you know, there were at the time of the Protestant Reformation, which by the way, the Council of Trent did not come up with the canon of scripture. The Council of Trent set it in stone. It, it codified the canon of scripture, which had been accepted by the bishops of the Catholic Church since the councils of Car Carthage, Carthage and Hippo in the, in the late 300s, 395, 397, and then at 420, I believe. So the church had already set out what books it believed to be scripture. And there was no challenge to that until the time of the Protestant Revolt. When the Protestants uh, revolted, when Martin Luther and others revolted, and, and Martin Luther, by the way, in the book of Romans, he added the word alone. That is not in the original text. It's not in the original Greek of Romans. You are saved by faith. 
that wasn't, it doesn't say faith alone in the original text. He added the word alone. He was asked at the time, why would you do that? And he said, well, because that's the sense of the text. Well, it's because what Martin Luther wanted to promote. It was the doctrine he wanted to teach. But my point here is that the Council of Trent didn't change the canon of Scripture. The Council of Trent codified. The church codified the canon of Scripture at the Council of Trent because it was being challenged. And this is the way it is in the church. Teachings, you know, don't become codified. Well, what about Jesus Christ's divinity? Was it believed that Jesus Christ was God in the beginning of the church? Yeah, the early church believed that. They believed that he was God and man. It didn't have to become codified until the time of the Arian heresy, when the church had to solemnly declare, this is what we believe, and set it in stone, because it was being challenged and people were losing their faith and being taken away from the true faith. So Raphael, what do we learn about Raphael? Well, most of what we learn about Raphael is from the book of Tobit, all right? And what do we learn? Well, in the book of Tobit, as I said before the break, he's sent to heal Tobit of his blindness and to drive the demon away from Sarah, all right? So um, we have, um, so he's for healing, not just healing of physical ailments, but also healing of, when someone is um, being tormented by the, by the demons. So, and also because he is the one who brings Tobias and Sarah together, it was intended by God that Tobias and Sarah would marry. Tobias was actually her closest relative. So he was the one who should have married her. But Sarah's father didn't know that his relative Tobed had a son who was eligible to marry Sarah. So when, when, when Tobit sends Tobias to go re recover the money from another relative, he meets this relative who has his daughter, Sarah, and the angel Raphael has already told him about Sarah. And when the angel Raphael, and, and by the way, Tobit, Tobias had already heard about her. He said, wait, 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 wait a minute. You know, when the angel Raphael says, God intends for you to marry her, he says, wait a minute, I've heard about this lady. She's had been married seven times. And her husband's all die. And he said, no, it's okay. You're the one who's supposed to marry her. God will protect you. And what it was is that Raphael himself would drive the demon away. But he told Tobit what to do. And Tobit obeyed him. He, he followed his directions. You got to read the book of Tobit. You got to read it. So um, we have the, the reference to the archangels in, um, in the first letter of Paul to the Thessalonians, which I had here a second ago and I closed it. Um, it says 1 Thessalonians 416 and it says at the at the trumpet blast and the archangels call he will descend from heaven it's talking about the end of time when when jesus will come for the for the final judgment okay so it talks about archangels in the whole sacred scripture and so um so tobit he brings healing he's also the one in the book of we learn in the book of tobit that Raphael is the one who he, he tells Tobit in chapter 12, when Tobit was occupied in his works of mercy, Raphael was the one who offered Tobit's prayers to God. So he has this mission, it seems, to bring people's prayers to God, and especially prayers that are connected with works of mercy. And then he has the mission to heal Tobit of his blindness, Sarah of this demon, to drive this demon away from Sarah so that she can actually enter into marriage and enjoy 
marriage, family life, and, and have joy in her life. Okay? Because of his healing, there were fathers of the church who believed that, um, you know, in, in John's gospel, John 5, verses 1 through 4, it talks about the sheep pool. And, 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 and where there were five porticos and the people were sitting around the porticos waiting for the angel of the Lord to come down and stir the waters. And that when they did, they, um, then, then the first person who went in was healed. What's interesting is when Raphael had his own um, feast day, and he did, that before the, the new calendar, before the missile of 1969 and the new calendar, St. Gabriel's feast day was on March 24th, the day before the Annunciation. St. Raphael's feast day was on May 24th, and then St. Michael's feast day was September 29th. So for the gospel, for St. Raphael's feast day, they read John 5, 1 through 4, where it talks about the angel of the Lord stirring the water, because Raphael is associated with healing. So he brings healing. So, and the first person who went in would be healed. So we have here the archangels. And again, what do they show us? The angels show us, and all the angels, not just the archangels, all the angels, the good angels, show us how to serve God. They stand before God. They Remember Jesus said that um, never despise one of these little ones. Their angels constantly behold the face of God, constantly behold the face of my Father. So, they're constantly in the presence of God, praising him. Now, angels are sent as, as guardian angels to guard us. And you have that choir. And so the angels guard us. Um, and this is what I want you to imagine. I want you to imagine the way we are. You know, let's, let's kind of um, personify that and, and impose it on the angels, okay? So we, you know, we get in a fight with somebody in our family and we grumble about it and we feel sorry for ourselves and blah, blah, blah. Or there's a lot of turmoil in the world and we're looking at it. We're getting nervous and upset and we're getting out of sorts and we're losing our trust in God and we're not praying well. And um, we're starting to feel sorry for ourselves and be afraid, be afraid all the time. Oh my gosh, what are these, what are these crazy politicians going to do next? What are these crazy people are trying to take over the world? What are they going to do next? What is the, the um, World Health Organization going to do next? What is the United Nations going to do next? What is, you know, what are they all going to do next? Who's going to do what? What is Putin going to do next? What is Joe Biden going to do next? It's like, well, wait a minute, you know, who is God? Who is like God, Michael would say to you? <laughs> you know, Gabriel, the strength of God. He is God's strength. Call on him for strength. Raphael, God's healing. Do you think that the guarding angels go to God and say, well, you know, my charge today just was really sinful and they were doing this, that, and the other thing. And I just, it was so dis disappointing. And just, or do they praise God night and day? You know, what, what do we have in the book of Ezekiel? Was it Ezekiel? Holy, holy, holy Lord God of hosts. Or is it, it's one of the prophets. And then we have all, that also in the book of Revelation where the angels cry night and day. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord our God. Praise and adoration, honor, thanksgiving, glory, power and might to our God and to the Lamb. The angels are continually praising God. They praise God. And they do God's will. They bring inspiration to us. They want to inspire us to trust the Lord and to look on the Lord. Now, when Peter got out of the boat, during the storm on Lake Genezaret, what happened? He's looking at Jesus. He's walking on the water. 
And all of a sudden, he perceives the wind and the waves, and he starts to sink. Lord, save me! Right. Why? Because I took my eyes off you, Lord. And this is what's happening to us in our world. We take our eyes off the Lord, and the angels are saying, don't do that. Keep your eye on the Lord. Keep praising the Lord. Keep blessing him. Don't, you don't have to spiritualize away your problems. You can tell the Lord your problems, but give him praise and glory. Give him the glory that is due his name. Honor him and worship in his holy temple. Give him fitting worship and praise. Read the Psalms. Read the beautiful hymns in the Old and New Testament of praise of God. So many. And I've gone through some of those on previous shows also. You know, in the book of Daniel, Daniel 3, these beautiful hymns, the three children in the furnace. And we have the, in the letter to the Thessalonians and the letter to the Philippians. And that Paul has all these beautiful early Christian hymns that he quotes in his letters. And we have other places where there's poetry. And, and of course, the Psalms, the book of Psalms, the book of Psalms is the prayer book that Jesus and Mary used. Okay. It's the prayer book that they used. So when we pray, we are supposed to offer glory to God. And then we're supposed to pray for our um, intercede and, and by intercession and thanksgiving for men, for kings, for those in high positions, that we can all live a peaceable and godly life. We want to pray that um, God's name be glorified and that his will be accomplished in our life. The Our Father is the model prayer. And so in the model prayer, what do we have? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. God's name be glorified, that his kingdom would come, that his will be done. And then what do we ask for? Give us this day our super substantial bread, the bread of life, Jesus and the Holy Eucharist, our daily bread, super substantial daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So we ask the angels to assist us in our prayer, to assist us in our works of charity, to assist us in doing the will of God in our daily life, day in and day out, that long pull of fidelity, so that at the end, the Lord may say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. Come share in your master's joy. Thank you to all of our supporters, all of our listeners, all the radio stations that pick up our signals. Thank you um, for all of those of you who shared this with your friends and family. Thank you for those who are offering your sufferings and your prayers for us. And you know, remember, if, if you have some extra and you can give to, to Virgin Most Powerful Radio, we depend on your donations. But pray for us, pray for us, pray for us, pray for us, that we will be faithful to the Lord, that after having preached his word and tried to teach his word to others, we too might find a reward with him in heaven for all eternity. Amen.